We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I am Ricky S. Preston. And I'm Grayson. <laughs> and because what movie is that? Uncharted. Well, Un- Uncharted's coming out, which, as we all know, is uh, the prequel to Charted. Yes. So get yeah. very excited to see the origins of how they how they charted all that stuff. That's right. Um, they went on a journey. Yes. Just like we did. Yes. And we are in the middle of sequelary, the time on the podcast where we like to review movie sequels to movies that we've reviewed here. And that is why we are reviewing the 1991 movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, yeah, it feels like forever ago uh, yeah. since we recorded Excellent Adventure. Um, so long, Ricky, that in preparation for this podcast, I rewatched Excellent Adventure. Oh, wow. I didn't listen to our episode. We never go back. <laughs> you you, you got to keep moving forward. But yes. I re yeah. I rewatched Excellent Adventure, watched Bogus Journey, and then I I just had to watch Face the Music. You, so I watched like wow. all three within 24 hours. And it was that is impressive, incredible. Oh, that's um, so great! I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, so if I slip into other movies, it's because I watched them all so quickly, so close together. Wow! I'll try to keep this purely on Bogus Journey. Man, and I feel like your headcanon and your recast and remake is going to be a lot more accurate than mine. Well, that's the thing. Like that's why I watched it, and you know, I I couldn't have another Ghostbusters two debacle where we're like, maybe this happens. I don't know. We didn't we didn't watch. The the movie that comes after this um you guys saw it you know if yeah. this is nonsense uh, <laughs> it's nonsense but uh i with bill and ted being so conceptual and out of order anyway i was like you know what anything could happen and i'm glad i watched face the music because not only could anything happen everything does happen yeah okay so, well if you don't remember bill and ted's bogus journey allow me to synopsisize you if that's what they call it right uh, synopsisize <laughs> so bill and ted's bogus journey uh involves a tyrant from the future creating evil android doubles of bill and ted and sends them back to eliminate the originals think terminator 2 the movie that came out the same year as <laughs> bill and ted's bogus journey i love that uh and so that's a synopsis we have Bill S. Preston and Theodore Logan reprising their roles by none other than Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. We also have William Sadler, the oh. Grim Reaper, one of my favorite characters in this yeah. in this whole movie. And we last saw him on the podcast during another sequelary in Die Hard 2. He oh, dang, Stewart. you're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and even before that, we saw him in a non-sequel, but hey, where's the sequel? In Rocket Man right. as Wild Bill Overbeck. Yeah. yeah. Hemorrhoid cream. So, I mean, he, he gets around. Yeah. He, he gets around. His his role, too, is so, uh, you know, just tied with this movie that the original title of the film was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yep. And... 
uh, I saw a thing that Alex Winter, like years ago, when was asked about it, he was like, "We're only in hell for like five minutes." That'd yep. be like calling the first movie "Bill and Ted Go to the Circle K." <laughs> but yeah, that's good perspective. That's good perspective. Yeah, and in the original script, I mean, so uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last podcast because you know, who has time to do that? Instead, we spend I mean, our I gotta time. watch all these movies. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the Bill and Ted Bill and Ted's excellent online adventure has some really amazing documentation about the movie, uh, especially for Bogus Journey, because there were several script variations. Uh, and on their website, you can read the early draft variations and the fourth draft variation, which looks the closest oh. to the movie that we saw, as well as some deleted scenes that you can actually only see in the comic book adaptation that was created by Marvel Comics uh, that hmm. has some of these deleted scenes because they were Marvel was basically given the script and like this is what the movie's going to be but then they omitted scenes um, one particular scene uh, involved a uh, I want to say was it like a demon uh, it's like this, lucky guess <laughs> this uh, rat eating demon that's telling Bill and Ted to keep on crushing rocks uh <laughs> including this dialogue dude i totally broke a rock way to go i i kind of like mm. this it beats pretzels and cheese you want to do it for all eternity uh nah so we would we would have had that but they had to cut it yeah. for you know other things that i feel like i just saw it <laughs> yeah the comic was distributed by marvel comics and you can i mean if you can find it on the internet or a copy probably from someone on ebay uh, enjoy that, but the yeah, because the comic was based on earlier drafts, right? Correct. Because I, I I read that you know part of the point of them beating death so many times was in the finale, the the us's bots, evil us's bots, kill them over and over again, and they redeem each of the times that they won. Yep. To come back, which is how it plays out in the comic. Not in the movie. It would have been. It would have been a little messy, right. and also so disturbing just to see them get <laughs> slaughtered. Oh, I mean, once was you're like, whoa, what, yeah. What, what, I didn't expect that. Thought they would be hanging from a tree branch, but no, they, they dead. Yeah, yeah. And and this movie, I mean, originally the studios uh, were against the idea of Bill and Ted dying uh, because you know that's the main characters, uh, mm. but. Um, but everyone's like, no, it ha- you have to let this happen. Uh, and so Orion Pictures at the time, they were really struggling. Uh, they almost sold Bill and Ted's bogus journey uh, just to stay afloat. But they kept the film due to the faith that they had in it. And with a budget of about $20 million, they went on to make over $38 million in the U.S., uh, like I mentioned, number two at the box office, right behind Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I can't emphasize that enough. Man, uh, the 80s certainly had a type. Oh, I mean the 90s. It was the 90s. But you know, doesn't it feel like the 80s at this point? Absolutely. Doesn't Especially it? with how they thought the future was going to be. Just in San Dimas. I think it's San Dimas <laughs> yep. that really, really does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I- I'm so glad that they kept the hell storyline though yeah um because i said i wasn't gonna do it i'm gonna do it the three movies when you put them together that the the first one is time the second one is kind of space like life and death like where you exist in space and then the third one is reality so to have like this trilogy of 
conceptual fourth dimensions and whatnot, it's, uh, you know, it works really well together. And it, I think it would have been super watered down mm. uh, if they had shied away from it and been like, just fight robots from the future. I'm like, no, right. we got to explore like philosophy and all that. Right. I thought it was so interesting just the way that they handled it because like, what are you going to do when you kill off your main characters? And it's like, okay, like, let's see. Um, which this movie has a lot of credits to its name. Um, I think the most important one is, uh, to this day, this movie is the only movie to ever be made that has the Grim Reaper and the Easter Bunny in the same movie. And I'm telling you, wow. I don't want to... Granted, that whole uh, Easter Bunny sequence... That happened with the Easter Bunny and uh, Grandma. The gra- yeah, Grandma Winter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, You're telling me the Grim Reaper wasn't in Rise of the Guardians? Nope. Not a, not a, not a Guardian. Missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and this movie was a blast. My first time watching it in its entirety, and I honestly thought that this movie was actually the inspiration for one of my favorite animaniac shorts called meatballs or consequences uh where wacko wanner i remember i didn't even have to do research for this wacko wanner is eating meatballs and he says i don't know guys if i eat if i eat another meatball i think i'm gonna die and he eats another meatball dies and then death shows up and then they keep on playing games against death. But upon further research and yeah. uh, culture... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because this is a film podcast. I feel like we got to get there eventually. That's yeah. right. Um, playing chess uh, mm-hmm. with death is an old concept, but firmly entered pop culture consciousness thanks to uh, Igmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. Have you seen it, Ricky? I have not seen The Seventh Seal. It's but, excellent. But I've it seen is so good. the Animaniacs version. So I feel like I saw... A version so, of Seven Seal. So the, I guess the evolution of this is you got Emar Bergman's Seven Seal, you got Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and then you have that episode of Animaniacs. Yep. yep. You know, somewhere I think Bergman would be proud. I I, I do. Disappointed, yeah. but proud nonetheless. Well, that's why Death has a Swedish accent. Well, it, it, yeah, because uh, well, the main character in that is uh, played by Max von Sydow. Yep. Um, not that's not who played Death. Uh, Bengt Erkot, Er Ekerot, Ekerot. I mean, who knows? It's Swedish. I'm I'm really gonna just butcher that. But Max von Sydow. I mean, it just feels like how can a career go on that long? But Seven Seal. If you have not seen, at some point we should really. Oh yeah. Class this place up and review that. <laughs> 1957, excellent movie. Yep. Been parodied to death. <laughs> <laughs> My dog did not like that joke. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's the whole thing. Like they play chess. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, what if they played modern games? Game. Great parody. Oh, Great I, parody. Yeah. And I, because even though I knew the joke was coming because of the Animaniacs short, that sequence was so fun to watch because they It's keep... also basically like the only thing in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they, they did such a good job of uh, really exploring who, who these characters truly are because mm-hmm. I this movie was nothing like what I was ex- expecting it to be according to the research uh, the original script had like you know they're gonna go do some more time travel stuff with uh, you know Romeo and Juliet and all these other kind of elements or Crime and Punishment Tom Sawyer uh, 
explore other works of literature, but I yeah. really appreciate how they they really they did exactly what you're talking about. They they explored the self, uh, the evil us yeah. like what does it mean to actually be Bill and Ted, and like how do they confront their own mortality? Like it was mm. such a fun ride, and I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, Ricky. Uh, again, looking at the trilogy here, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, if you look at the first one, the first one made us learn, right? Oh, it's all yeah. about history. The second one made us think yep. about life and death and our place in the universe. And the third one really does make you feel. Ooh. It's like, why, why, am I, why am I crying at a Bill and Ted movie? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, hits you right in the heart. Oh, yeah. And, and man, this movie, it's so, it's just so fun. And it's so quintessentially this movie. <laughs> like, you know, you know how people in your, your book say like, hey, like, you're so cool. Like, never change. Like, be yourself. Like, that's what I feel like this movie is. Because uh, it takes place two years after the events of the other movie. And I think very similar to um, uh, Ghostbusters, this movie just addresses what it feels like to almost uh, feel like the best of your years are behind you kind of thing mm-hmm. which uh by the way they have like one of the most understated cameos of pam greer being miss wardrobe um but also <laughs> being rufus in disguise uh but you're like you you guys are supposed to be the you told me you're supposed to be the best band ever but you haven't become that and so they yeah. are trying to live up to their future legacy that they just don't know about uh and everything that they go through leads them to actually becoming the greatest band. I mean, I don't know many bands who have affected the Dow, um, but <laughs> Wild Stallion did. And uh, yeah. that, I think that's just a testament to how powerful the friendship and love between Bill and Ted is. And yeah, I, sometimes you have a bear market, sometimes a bull market. They had a stallion market. That's right. It's a whole different that's scenario. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that would be difficult to, you know, you spend your whole life in the shadow of a of a prophecy, right? Right, uh, of something that you think you're supposed to do and you every day you're like, "Well, I I know I'm yeah. not living up to my potential." Yeah, imagine if Harry Potter like never got an owl. Or if Hagrid had been like, "You're a wizard, Harry," and then peaced out and oh. gave him like no instructions on how to be a wizard. Be like, "You're yeah. the greatest wizard of all time. You're going to defeat the dark lord." And you're like, uh, a book, anything, yeah. would be super helpful. Yeah, hope you figure that out. Or if they were like, "Hey, Luke, you gotta, you gotta go beat Vader." Right. Uh, go learn about Jedi's. And he's yeah. like, "Well, I'm on a desert planet. I, how am I gonna get there?" So yeah. they, Rufus is kind of their Obi Wan, but he. He's got a lead. I mean, he leaves in the first movie pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And in the second movie, he's he, he tags along for that nice twist ending at the end. But, um, yeah, this is one of those rare movies where the twist ending comes at the end. I don't know why I had to say end twice like a, like a doof. But, um, yeah, they really don't have any guidance, which I think is really you – know, they kind of broke the structure a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, but that's also – that's also why they, I think, why you root for them, right? Yeah. They got to figure it out themselves. And it, it was just when it seems like they're about to have another guide, like in the form of death, he's really more clueless than they are. He's got his own problems. So it's just a really fun character piece. 
Yeah, I man, I loved as soon as I as soon as death became just part of the story, I was like, this movie knows something that we don't, and uh, <laughs> it is the power <laughs> of this script. Like, I just it was just so so fun, so fun. Uh, yeah, what I really appreciated about this movie too is in the first one. We really only see one room of the future, but now it's 2691. We're able to see like just how much they have impacted this Bill and Ted University. They they've made a huge impact on uh, you know the the culture and the world and how they learn uh, and what they learn, and uh, that was really cool to explore. Yeah, and it I mean just that dynamic because uh, I don't know if you watched the uh, did you ever watch the show. Uh, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Sounds really familiar. So it's a it's a, a animated TV show. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, we're basically it feels like what I would imagine a version of Bill and Ted the animated series would be, uh, with death just constantly there. It's the Grim Reaper and like these two, what? Uh, like I forget how old they are, but they're like eight maybe 10 year old kids who are just like asking death to do all these things because of a very similar approach of like well they beat death at a game of chess or whatever their game was and now death has to be their their best friend uh but man just i mean the the movie points to just a lot of experimentation with sequels like they really departed a lot from what a lot of people liked about bill and ted departed Dearly departed, um, mm. and and I think that that was a fun risk they took. Like the set design in this movie, mm. it's so mm-hmm. intricate. Like the costuming when Bill and Ted were uh, their ghost selves and they appeared in grayscale, like that's a practical effect. Like they just painted their costumes and makeup so that they looked like they were grayscale. Like that's and like, they ran their voices backwards too. I just get that. Area, yeah, yeah, yeah. Attention to detail. Man, yeah. It, it was, it was really. They put so much care and and, uh, and attention into this movie. Like they didn't just like throw it away as a sequel. They really, there's just such quality and care. Like every, like everyone uh, in the future having the super, like I don't even know what to call that art style. It's just so beyond mm-hmm. my comprehension. But I know it is. Uh, then also in heaven where everyone's wearing like this like lavender type color and like there's just all of this through lining there <laughs> they have like stairways to heaven in heaven like they just do so much just visual care in this movie that i just i just really appreciate it yeah i love the dimensions of the hell rooms oh yeah oh um, very man. beetlejuice-esque yes yeah uh, i love all of it the visual language uh even uh the character of station Right, which was like came about from a typo in the script. Um, they just kept with it, yeah. Because they said station like in the first scene in the future, and I was like, man, that's like '90s slang I have not heard before. I was like, oh, that is specific to this world. Yep. Yeah, station, <sighs> station. Grayson, okay. What do you think is the meaning of life? Oh, I think it's a movie we haven't reviewed yet. I don't, that, that's very true. That is very true. If I were to be if I'm at if I'm at the pearly gates and and they and I were to be asked that question, yeah, I would probably say 
That's the meaning of life. Is everybody get up? It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. It's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right, all right, all right. Because I assume it would have to. Did do... I watch the wrong movie again? No. Well, they said it was. It was a long. It was a song lyric. Um, oh. Oh. But oh. Yes. But, the the poison song. Yeah. 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 But, but oh, that. Yeah. That was my bad, and that's because. You're good. No, man. Well, I watched so much Bill and Ted in the last 24 hours. <laughs> a fourth of my day <laughs> was Bill and Ted. Grayson, it's totally fine. My cause of death in this fictional scenario would be because I got hit with a head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I threw you so off. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, head cannon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, Grayson, yeah. uh, I'm just going to get my head cannon out of the way because I know that you are going to have something that is going to probably pay off after I catch up one movie with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's go for it. <laughs> so my biggest piece of headcanon um, largely has to do with this, uh, with what they is, uh, just officially established with us. Like, rarely in a movie do you have uh, a credit sequence that is just a further continuation of the movie. We've had post-credit mm. sequences, right? The whole Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe... You have the movie, the credits, and then the post-credits. This throughout the credits, you get the continuation of the story that's supposed to hold you over 30-something years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, and it's important too. Like that that stuff in the credits is referenced in the third movie. Like yeah. you have to pay attention. Yeah, it is part of the movie. So um my headcanon is that uh we are living in uh basically the alternate timeline where our main bad guy kind of won uh just because something that i really really wanted to happen uh is for wild stallion to be like an actual band that had actual music uh yeah very similar to uh and this is my nerdy background of knowing something very specific about Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks are accepted as actual musical artists. Um, That's great. Like they have their own albums that have been out, that have been chart toppers, that have been on billboards and credited with Alvin and the Chipmunks, similar to the Muppets. Like they are. It's not like oh, you know, it's it's these are, are uh, it's not like uh, gorillas. Or I guess gorillas is another good example. Yeah, it's kind of gorilla. It's exactly like. Gorillas, uh, yeah. But I I would love it if Wild because if Wild Stallion's music actually existed in our world, uh, it would change the world. Uh, and so my headcanon is that we yeah. are in one of the timelines where you know Rufus's mentor succeeded in his in his journey to eradicate. Wow. Bill and Ted. Yeah. The darkest timeline. They try to they try to share their stories in our world, but they're just masked as comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I oh like yeah, that. that's how yeah. yeah. It's like, oh what a, what a good comedy. But yeah, we never got to see the music. Yeah. And also, uh my other piece of headcanon, and this is the thing that made me think of it. Uh, because they're always talking about like, oh, you're supposed to be the greatest musicians and your music's going to unite the world. Like you gave this really great speech and then your music was so great. Tenacious D 
and the song yeah. Tributes. This is not the greatest song in the world. This is just a tribute. Couldn't remember the greatest song in the world, but this is a tribute. That being said, this universe is Bill and Ted is Tenacious D. Absolutely. It's just a variant. Yep. Just a variant. Yep. You know, like we've made abundantly clear, we don't go back and uh, listen. <laughs> so maybe we already did this. I'm pretty sure we did, but um, it seems like we. it's worth repeating that Rufus is a Time Lord. Oh, I mean, yes. the phone booth, yep. obviously a TARDIS. Yep. He's a history teacher, which isn't like necessarily a Doctor Who thing, but I mean, it's history. Yep. And I mean, even his classroom looks like the TARDIS control room. All right. So, uh, and he's probably lose, using uh, like Slovene technology mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to disguise himself. Um, either that or my headcanon is that uh, when Ted went to hell and came out, he turned into John Constantine. <laughs> uh, so either, either oh, one. No, I, I like that. I like that. One last little piece of headcanon I wanted to drop in here was... So I, I can't ignore the fact that this movie was released the same week that Terminator 2 Judgment Day was, uh, at the very least, out. Um, and so I would like to think that Bill and Ted is also part of the Terminator franchise. Yeah, uh, I buy that. Just because of what they were able to do and that if you really want to watch just like, meanwhile, in San Dimas. <laughs> This story is happening. I, I think it I think it holds up closer than you think. Yeah, I, I love the idea that like Terminator and Back to the Future. I mean, they even have the same mall from Back to the Future. <laughs> so like all of these yeah. time travel movies are happening together. I would, yeah. I would also love the idea that this is kind of part of uh, Fury's big week where it's all like all of these events happen. And mm-hmm. uh, all these like time travel anomalies are happening like within like a couple of days of one another. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all relative, I suppose. All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk to you about recast and remakes. Recast. Remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I I love this script just so much. Whether it's Bill and Ted or anyone else, uh, I, I would love this concept to be played um, with, uh, and I'm just going to say, get the band back together Danny Pudi and uh and oh, Donald Glover Donald Glover yeah uh I would love to see that just I just want to see them face that but as their characters like I feel like it's the perfect vehicle for yeah. any like best friend duo to go through so I I would love just watching anyone take on the bogus journey uh where you see these characters face death and like what their you know, how they would react because everyone's reaction would be different. Uh, it would almost kind of be like uh, uh, <laughs> a Murderville type uh, scenario mm-hmm. where you basically like you you give someone the script and everyone else just has to respond to it. Uh, except, you know, OK, great. So you're you're dead and now you're facing your worst, worst nightmare. What is it? And then they just go for it. Uh, and. I, I think that that would be just a lot of fun. Like, okay, great. It's you, but the evil you. What would you do? I think that would be great. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I was trying to think of comedy pairs, and I'm I'm pretty sure before we had talked about Key and Peele. 
Um, I'd like to throw uh, Mulaney and Kroll into the mix. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Danny Pudi and Donald Glover, that's that's a really strong, strong pairing. I just know for certain that I want the bad guy to be played by Werner Herzog because <laughs> time travel is a complicated profession. Oh, yeah. It's a complicated <laughs> profession. I'd love that. I, I would also love to see um, a bandersnatch version of this where oh that'd be interesting infinite yeah that's it bill and bill and ted infinite timelines yeah yeah because they they do so much and the original script had so many different things happening i think you can kind of just film and let the audience decide what version they want you know you mentioned tenacious d i I do think there's a lot of the same space occupied. I want Tenacious D Bandersnatch, but it's called the You Pick of Destiny. Yes. Bill and Ted Guitar String Theory. I don't oh. know. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting further away from oh. it. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting further. All right. Now we're going to go into our finals. Actually, you know what, Grayson? I would be remiss. I would be remiss in my responsibilities. Mm. I would love for there to be a Bill and Ted video game. Uh, where basically, because something that I thought that was really interesting about this movie is that instead of kind of going to all these different time travel settings, it felt like they really jumped genres a lot. Um, Mm. Because this was a comedy primarily, but like there were some legitimately scary moments throughout this movie Uh, and a lot of action scenes. And just uh, at one point in time, it was a... (laughs) It was just like it was like a fantasy movie where uh, and it was also a futuristic sci fi thriller. I don't know. The movie just felt like it was just a bunch of genres. So I would love it if there was a Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey video game where Bill and Ted have to um, jump through all these different movie genres, essentially. Like they're in a Western um, or they're in a, a crime um, or a uh, one of those uh, like Batman Telltale game type movies, uh, and I, I would just love them to take on all these different shells of movies to get to the end of their adventure. I think that that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, because early concepts of the script was that they would be exploring like literary works, yep. right? Because they did Hell historical yeah. figures before. Yeah. So yeah, some fictional characters. Oh, yeah, like. <laughs> Jane Austen, but with Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, I'd uh, I'd play that game. Yeah, it'd be edutaining. Pride and pretentious. Pride and bogusness. No. Pride and bogusness. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Take this to my copywriter. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going to go to the final part of the show where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? I recommend this movie because it is shockingly sweet at times. Oh, yeah. Like the proposal scene <laughs> yes. uh, is is so, so sweet. And the way that they do it together and all that has plot implications later on in the series. And it, it's just every like. Everything is paid attention to and nothing is wasted, really, Um, even if it's just for comedic value. Um, And I really appreciated that, like a good sequel, there are higher global stakes. Um, Not only are they trying to preserve the timeline like in the first one, they're trying to keep it from being like 
overwritten in an evil way. Right, so it's right. it still feels like it's in the same universe, but the stakes are higher. And because they have these relationships, there's greater personal stakes as well. Right. So I, I think they escalated it really well for a sequel. Um, and the I mean the premise is strong. They they're fighting idiot terminators, <laughs> right? Like that's please yes. all day that yes. Um, and like I said, anything can happen. Like it, I mean anything. They've traveled through time. They've gone through hell. There's multiple realities that they're fighting against. Like what fun freedom to have where you can have the big concept sci-fi elements but also just a buddy comedy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so refreshing. And I think that's why it was so easy to watch this entire series so quickly. Um, it's just you're you're hanging out with Bill and Ted. So if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do a hard recommendation on all three movies. Wow. Uh, and watch them as close together as possible because uh, that's how they were developed, really. Like, they paid attention to the clues of the movie before them when making choices for the next film. Uh, like face the music, the script was in development, like at least from 2010. Yeah. So like a decade of care for these characters and making sure they did it the right way. Um, and I just, I thoroughly enjoy this property. Now uh, I waited a long time to see it. Uh, I think, for the podcast before, like was really the first time we had sat down and watched this. Um, but it is just a breath of fresh air and, you know, unbridled optimism in the yeah. face of the, the greatest adversity. And it's just, it was very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd recommend this movie because it is another movie that does hold up pretty well by itself. Like, of course, watch Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. It has, it tells you, I love a movie that gives its own rating within its own title. It's like, oh, like how is this movie? Oh, it's excellent. It's like, oh, I have to try that. Um, but this movie does the opposite because it's not bogus. It's sugob. Um, I, I just mm. thought it would be the other word backwards. But it's good. It's a good movie. Um, I think the, the, the strength in this movie is really... An, it's in knowing characters. Like, what do you t what do you do when you have these two characters who seemingly are just carbon copies of one another, but actually have their own subtle differences? Like, I just love watching these characters kind of do anything, and they did so much in this movie. Like, they could have gone on a uh, another traditional adventure, but like, no one like the studio is like, we're absolutely not killing them. It's like, no, but we need to explore everything yeah. after they die um and just we need a non-heinous excursion <laughs> exactly and so it, it 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 takes you in so many unexpected places and and it delights you in so many different ways like it's it's just a good movie and i really really enjoyed it and uh, very similar to my review of ghostbusters 2 it really solidified my love for these characters and, and i'm catching up way late because like these are fixtures of the 80s and 90s like i knew about bill s preston and theodore logan before i had even set eyes on either of their films because they permeated culture and and now i see why and i think bill and ted's bogus journey is definitely part of that impact 
Yeah. I mean, they definitely impacted my commute to work today where I just listened to Kiss on repeat. <laughs> That's never happened before. Yeah. A God gave rock and roll song at the end of this movie yep. will not leave my head. Yes. Yeah. And that is our review of the 1991 movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Let us know what you remember about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform or choice, that would be most excellent of you. Uh, yeah. On a scale of one to five, we probably did air guitars last time, right? Probably. Okay. Yeah. On a scale of one to five sides, um, uh, or air sides, I guess, would that be uh, appropriate for death? Sides? Are you saying sides? It, uh, oh, scythe. It, what, sides. Oh, scythe. Oh, like Grim Reaper. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sickle. Oh, si yeah. But no, you're right. I mean, I, mean, I think it, agrarian... <laughs> least speaking i think you're right uh or on a scale of one to five good robot uses um like, good uh, robot us yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, made from pvc pipe right of grayson and i yeah good robot uses that would just yeah. uh, one punch man these robots um yeah fi figure out what that emoji would look like we i'm convinced if there was a, a PVC robot version of myself, mm -hmm. no one would be able to tell the difference. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, maybe, maybe he's gotten more sleep. Oh, he, uh, yeah, yeah. My robot uses would definitely have more sleep than us. Yeah, you can power down. Yeah, I wish I could. Hmm. Well, that's enough existential dread I for wish now. I was made of PVC. <laughs> Yeah, and if uh, hey, listener, if you want to throw in there, if if your robot was made out of something, what would you want your robot to be made out of? There, yeah, we made it uh, an open-ended discussion question. Yeah, very. Yeah, doesn't have to be PVC. Doesn't have to be. Ah, uh, mine would be McDonald's French fries. Ooh. Just a bunch of sentient McDonald's French fries <laughs> walking around, and I would truly never die. Yeah, that's yeah that that is uh that's been monitored. So yeah, super flammable though. And make sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. And until next time, don't forget to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! And also to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With the trailer for The Rings of Power being released, uh, yeah, it's like a Super Bowl thing. Uh, I mean, we didn't do a we didn't do a movie for the Super Bowl. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do a movie for the trailers that came out during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, we are reviewing the 2002 oh, sequel. Yeah. yeah, see, it's there's so many twos just in the year. <gasps> Lord of the Rings colon the two towers colon Gollum like I see him. <laughs> oh man. I really hope that that is the title that I see when I watch this movie. I want the Gollum like I see him cut. Uh, like hashtag him. the Gollum like I see him cut. I also want to see hashtag um, Gandolfini the gray. Oh. Where you just face replace James Gandolfini <laughs> onto Sir Ian McKellen. It's very Sopranos vibe. It's taking people out. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for it.
Yep. <laughs> so buckle up, everybody. 